Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live, it is Buzzworthy Radio, where you can get the latest buzz on all your favorite shows and stars. Buzzworthy starts now. See, I told you. It is. You bet. That, that was your theme song. <laughs> that is my theme song. Yeah, it is. I was just like, yeah, it's playing, and it's like, yeah, there it is. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, this is our second show of the day, everybody. At Buzzwitty Radio, I'm with ATI's Jim Romanovich, who had emailed me last night because uh, his name was spelled incorrectly. Yeah, not that I'm bitter about that or anything, but no. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming because it was written, and I was like, as soon as I saw that you sent me a a direct message on Twitter, I said, now, I, I I gave you maybe about an hour before you send that to me. And then you uh-huh. beat me. It was like probably like a half an hour. And then I was just like, yeah, I had a feeling this was coming, but I thought I had another extra 30 minutes. That's because, <laughs> my friend, I am plugged in. I am, I'm wired into everybody and what's going on. So the moment I see something come up, I'm on it. <laughs> Especially when it's about you. No, no, not when it's about me. But, hey, listen, I, I don't care if I get bad publicity or good publicity. Just quote me correctly. <laughs> right? Isn't that what they said? You know, I don't care what you say about it. Just, you know, spell my name right and quote me correctly. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's corrected now, okay? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Okay, um, this this is your second time back on this show. We actually had you on last year, probably about this time last year. Yeah, well, I mean, what, am I not good enough to have on usually or regularly? I can only come on once a year when I talk about the Emmys or what? Um, I'm yeah. Kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> God, don't, yeah. don't freak out now, I'm just kidding there, Navelle. <laughs> all right, all right, I was going to say, like, wait a minute now, hold up. <laughs> no, 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 I appreciate what you do, you do a great job, so I'm, I'm very happy to be here and to chat with you. Oh, yeah, I'm humbled. Not really, but I, I'm, <laughs> I, I try to say that so people will believe it, but, uh, yeah, no, I am humbled, I am humbled, no, I'm not really that egotistical, folks. Um, I have to. I, I had to admit, like I told you last week, I was talking to you last week. I was completely and utterly floored when the news broke out that the 37th annual daytime Emmys were going to be televised. Not just the fact that it was going to be in Vegas, hello, Sin City. That that blew me away right off the bat. But then when I heard that CBS was going to air the telecast this year, how do you think I that almost, felt? I almost saw it in my chair. Well, this is this is the news that I've been holding on to for months, and you know, I kept tweeting, you know, big things are coming, great cliffhangers coming, and all of that. It was driving me nuts because it was a prolonged experience that I wasn't anticipating, and it was very frustrating as well, too, trying to get all of the elements together uh, because we had a lot of this stuff going back to November, and I couldn't say one thing about it. And then it started to leak a little bit, you know, with Variety about a month and a half ago with, hey, we hear Vegas and talking to two networks. And that's why I went immediately on the on the Twitter thing, and I was trying to downplay Vegas, like, who the hell would do Vegas? We're not going to Vegas. Nobody wants to go to Vegas. Because yeah. I wanted it to be a surprise. I wanted it to. I wanted a traditional soap cliffhanger for all of the soap fans out there. And I think I gave it to him with the big reveal at the end, which was the topper, which was CBS. Which was CBS. I thought that ABC was 
probably going to be the network that was going to get it. But then when, no. yeah, I thought it was leaning towards that way because people were like, it, it was like online going like Brian Frost was interested in this. And so I thought ABC was going to be like the big, like the network that was going to get it. But then when you said CBS, I was like, really? What? Yeah. No, huh? Brian, uh, Brian Franz doesn't uh, control primetime television. He only controls daytime. And, you know, they don't want the daytime Emmys for daytime. Uh, nobody does. Nobody wants to air it in daytime. So um, what we tried for uh, yeah, ABC was one of my first calls initially once we got through with it, and they assured me that they were out of the soap uh, daytime Emmys business. Not the soap, but the daytime Emmys business. So I said, okay. And uh, I didn't bother with uh, the cable stuff. We didn't want to go that route anymore. And we had a few other options um, Again, with uh, some CW stuff as well, too. But the great thing about CBS is that when we were working with the CW, see, we had this plan in mind that went right from the beginning with the CW because it is connected to CBS, and that's ultimately what I was hoping for, and that's what we got. That's what we got. And how did the whole thing about Vegas came up? Because that, that, that. How the whole thing about what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Um, how did the venue for having this take place in Vegas come about, because that's, that's just is completely amazing to me. Well, we, uh, it, it was pretty amazing to me, too, because, uh, you know, we made such an impact um, on the CW. And I'm going to say it right now. You know, yes, it was the lowest-rated daytime Emmys ever. If you want to take it literally, yes, it was. And actually, I said it was going to be months before that happened. And I also said that the ratings for this particular broadcast don't matter. The, soul was, the show was sold out. We had everybody in, involved in it. We were we were bringing back, we we're going back to basics and bringing back the show people remembered and then some, and giving it a real entertainment value to it, so people will want to tune in and watch a show that celebrates everything that's daytime, with obviously a great focus on the soaps. So that was our intent. We sold it out. We did very well. The ratings meant nothing. They didn't mean shit to us. So, And they still don't, by the way, because we won again by getting it on CBS. And that was the point. Because we did so well with that, we brought in the entertainment factor. Vegas got interested. I was looking at other venues because I said, you know what, we've got to take this somewhere and make it a bigger event for next year. So I was looking at Atlantic City. I was even talking to Universal Florida. And I said, well, maybe, maybe we just change it completely and we make it sort of this sort of fun little outdoor event which could be big and huge with music and all sorts of stuff you know at, at uh, Universal Florida and they loved it but it turns out that you know as I thought about it a little bit more and I talked to a few more people it's not really what the Academy wants and probably not what the daytime community wants either I think they want a place where they can dress up and, and go and be and have a great you know, formal celebration. Absolutely. So when I was talking to um, Atlantic City, I thought, you know, let's maybe this might be my way to bring it back to the East Coast, but do it in an event sort of way where, okay, we'll go and have it in a casino and we'll make it a real big splash. So I was speaking to a lot of people there. I spoke to the Hilton at Atlantic City, and they loved it, but they said, you know, it's the Las Vegas Hilton that's going to love this. And I said, yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. So that we got together, everybody, and sure enough, that's what happened. They loved it, and the city of Las Vegas loved it. There's going to be huge promotion behind it. Uh, wait till you see all the stuff that the Las Vegas Hilton's going to do to promote the to promote the daytime Emmys. I mean, it's it's going to look like 1992 all over again. Really? So, yeah. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be great. 
It's going to be bigger and better than ever. It's going to be a big entertainment-driven show. Yes, there are awards in it because we are giving out awards, but we're also we're also doing a television show. So we need to, you know, have people enjoy themselves watching TV and seeing all of their favorite stars from all elements of daytime. Again, you know, we're soap guys, so we, we're trying to focus on the soaps, which is 85% of the daytime Emmys at least. So um, it's going to be a big night, and if it's the last show it's going to be the most memorable show they ever had. And if it's not the last show, then it's going to be one hell of a bang. And oh, we'll come back next year for something else. Maybe. Uh, we, we're not sure if we're going to come back next year or not, but this year is going to be a great show. Absolutely. And do you have anybody in mind, I know this is already posed at you, but uh, do you have anybody in mind who you'd like to see host the day Emmys this year? Yep. Who's that? <laughs> no. Come on. If, if I could tell it. you, I would. No, no, I can't. Uh, we have a, again, we have a short list, and it has to be, uh, which is different than what we did with the CW, uh, had to be, this has to be approved by CBS. So everything's going through CBS. They are, they're going to be promoting the hell out of this show. They, they want to be involved in every aspect of the creative of this show as well, too. And they're suggesting things that we do. You saw the press release. They're excited. You know, they're excited. They, you know, they feel Les Moonves, Jack Sussman, all these guys, God bless them, because, you know, they believe in this show. Yeah, they may have uh, canceled As the World Turns or Guiding Light, but, you know, they're a business. And the business is, is that that model wasn't working for them. They, they don't have that emotional tie, that emotional loyalty that you and I have to the shows we watch or the sports teams that we like. Oh, but, yeah. but, you know, they're looking at the bottom line of what they own, what they control, what they pay, and what they receive. And if it's declining and it's, and it's getting them into the red at some point, then they have to reevaluate, you know, that base and see how they can make daytime more profitable for them. And that's why they brought back Let's Make a Deal and probably a few other game shows. So, you know, it's a business to them. And just like the daytime Emmys is a business to them. And they're looking at the bottom line, and they saw the bottom line. And CBS got very excited once Las Vegas got on board. It was that was it. They said this is going to be huge, and we Absolutely. said you're right. Absolutely. And you brought up you brought up uh, as well turns and in that statement. And I know a lot of people have been coming out of the woodwork very upset that as well turns wasn't going to get a tribute this year, or they've been hearing that it wasn't going to have a tribute this year. No, it's ands or buts. Let's clear that up right now. And we had we had talked about this uh, previously on the side about uh, about Aswell turns and whether or not about a tribute and everything like that. It, but it's just it has it really has nothing to do as far as you are concerned. It, it, it involves so much more behind the scenes than what goes on as far as your involvement, um, the academy's involvement, daytime Emmy's involvement. You know, because you have to fly these people out, not just the current cast, but also the um, cast members that used to be on the show to to the day Emmys for a tribute like this. It, it costs much money, and I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Telenex would want to, or right now has a budget fit to pay for these people to come out there, and that's kind of one of the major underlying reasons why we're probably not going to get it to be besides the cast members having to be flown out and also the clips that got to be used. 
Um, yeah, I think you're you hit a lot of things correctly on the nose there. Uh, however, I don't think Telenext is specifically the ones that are responsible financially for anything. I think it's more P&G, in which Telenext is their production arm. Um, and they also sell the shows internationally. And you know they are the ones that would love to keep as the world turns going. I believe me, I talk to them all the time. I met with them when I was in France a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. When the volcanic ash hit the fan and all of that. And you know, we talk about those things. We always talk about guiding light, and you know, because I, I wanted to keep it going and uh, well, re reinvented actually. You know, the same characters, but for a new generation, and to kind of like start over as a weekly series. You know, that's something I wanted to fund. But then, you know, Telenex felt that it probably wasn't the way to go, and maybe fans didn't want it either. So, you know, that, it never came to fruition. Uh, and as the world turns, you know, they would love to have kept it going, but you know, obviously that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't think P&G is interested in keeping it going themselves. Telenex, yes, P&G, probably not. But uh, I can tell you that I am one voice in this whole thing here, and there's a big CBS voice, there's a big Natus voice, there's even people with an ATI that have bigger voices than mine, too. And it's all about the good of the entire show. And I can tell you that my voice is strong for as the world turns and to bring it in. And the good news is is that I'm working on it. I'm working directly with Telenex personally to make sure that I get uh, footage and clips and they are putting something together for me for this show. Yes, on top of that, they are trying to figure out who they want to send to the show. I don't know if it's going to be the entire cast. It depends on their budgets there, but maybe it'll be a, a decent representative. I'm hoping. That's up to them. Not up to me. Um, thirdly, uh, is I'm currently talking to a variety of people to present that particular segment. So I think fans should feel good that there will be something with As the World Turns this year. I wasn't sure when I first started this whole thing, but it looks very good right now because I'm personally working on it, and I hope I can get it going for everybody. So we can we pretty much can say like there's promise somewhat that we may see. It's not just a. Oh, well, I, I I think that it's more than a promise. I think you will definitely see something because it's being put together for me. Okay. Good. 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 Very happy to hear that. Yeah, I, I've been working. I've been personally uh, on top of it, so it's important to me. The soap community is important to me, and I want to make sure that everybody gets their due in this show. Again, if this is the last show, and I'm not saying it is, but we're treating it as if it's the last show. So we want everything to be great about this show. We want the entertainment to be great. We want the soaps that are represented to be great. We want the tributes that are going to happen to be great. And we've got some great ones coming up. The Lifetime Achievement Award recipient is going to be phenomenal. I can't wait for that. can't talk to you about it. You have to wait till May 12th. But okay. it will be great. Yeah, Natus will announce it. It's their thing. But uh, I'm very excited about it, and so will every soap fan. Very good. Very yeah. good. And also, I saw you actually tweet about this last night, because I saw you tweet about this. Several uh, soapers were on Twitter. Your date back is back on May 26th. Uh, yeah, that's uh, one of them. Well, it's actually the segment, and uh, but we're taping it on May 26th, and it's going to be, you know, our theme is Americans Feeding Americans. 
Um, you know, after last year, uh, we felt that you know we need to really look at ourselves and really help out people that live in our own country. So, uh, where last year we did this uh, part of it in Harlem, this year we're doing it in South LA. Um, and uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, the, the community really needs it. Uh, there's a lot of people here, especially in California. You know, California is just a mess, just a total mess. And, um, you know, people are out of jobs, unemployment. You know, unemployment may be 12% across the country. It's about 20% here. So, you know, there's a lot of people that need help, and we're going to make sure that they get it. And thanks to a lot of uh, wonderful daytime people, uh, we're going to have a great turnout for that on May 26th, which you'll see in the uh, in the Emmys themselves. Now, next week, we're also doing another contingent, which is we're going to be uh, giving back to the uh, – um, military families. These are families that uh, you know serve and uh, you know risk their lives to protect the, the great things that you and I have in life. Mm-hmm. And then they come back from Iraq or Afghanistan and find they've got nothing left, or they're behind on their rent, or people want to take away this or that, and they just can't catch up. It's it's a really a bitch, and yeah. and we want to take care of them and make sure that. Um, that they are represented and people are aware of it, and we got to help the people that protect us. It's a it's a real travesty that that doesn't happen, and uh, you know we're we're not going to sit idly by and uh, let this go unnoticed. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be a big part of the show. And I've actually spoken to uh, some key people in the soap world that I, I want to try to, I'm trying to do another aspect with a, a couple of soap people for this segment. And I don't want to talk about it yet because they haven't, we haven't finalized You anything. haven't confirmed anything yet. Yeah, I haven't confirmed anything and I don't want to put anybody on the spot. So, uh, but if it works out the way that I want it to work out, it will be a very, very moving segment. It, it's wonderful that you talk about that as far as uh, it's for the military is concerned because it's it's you really don't have many people um, giving or showing their appreciation for those that serve in the military for us. You know, you talk about it all the time, but you don't have anybody that's doing something about it. And that, that kind of, like, touches my heart because, again, they're over there fighting for us. And, again, I don't think they should have to fight to begin with. That should not have happened. But Biases aside, ladies and gentlemen. Well, yeah, you're you're right about that. I mean, ideally, uh, you know, they shouldn't be there. You know, we shouldn't have to do that. We shouldn't. The world shouldn't be a place like that. Unfortunately, there are people in the world that don't like the way Americans live, and they don't like our, the freedoms that we have, or are threatened by the you know the the, the lack of rigidity in certain religious type things and all sorts, whatever it might be. You know, we have the freedom here, you know, to to preach and pray and believe as you will. We have the freedom here to earn your way. You know, you can be whatever you want to be here as long as you've got the drive and the will and certainly some luck behind it. But, you know, opportunity and skill gives you luck. So, you know, people elsewhere that, uh, hate us, hate that fact about us. Yeah. And uh, so they sometimes they want to try to disrupt that. 
And of course, we're not going to let people do that. What we do, what we don't do is go out and aggravate the situation. So, you know, at least I, I hope we don't, and I would think that we don't as a as a country and as a group. But the fact remains is that you know our military guys you know didn't ask to go somewhere, but they offered to defend the country because the country asked them to do this. And right. that is amazing to me. And that is, they deserve all the respect in the world that uh, that I can muster, and all of us can muster. We should get on our knees and thank a military person every oh, time they walk by. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, regardless of your politics, these are people that, they, it's not politics for them. They feel that they, this is something they want to do and need to do, and God love them. Absolutely. I don't, I don't show anything but respect for those people because absolutely, they, you know, they're they're the ones that d- decided to do something like that for us. And my heart goes, my heart goes out to them. My heart breaks for them, and they deserve all the respect, let alone recognition. Yeah, we just did an event last weekend, and I had um, Tristan Rogers with me, and Ron Moss, and Daniel Goddard, and Michael Mooney, and a lot of other people, uh, Leanne Rhymes and so forth, and we were up in Ojai at the Ojai Valley, and we did a um, celebrity shoot, yeah. uh, trap and skeet and handgun target competition, and that was to benefit over a thousand military families, and that's why we did it, and I thank those guys from the bottom of my heart for coming out, uh, So and everybody else, too, And but that's that's what we do, and that's uh, that's important to us. That's great. That's really great. And I know that uh, <laughs> I know we had talked about this too about daytime as a whole. What, yeah. what have you been watching, by the way? What? what I'll tell you what. I've been, oh, I, I, yeah. I, now you're now you're getting me. Okay, here's uh, as you know, I'm a General Hospital fan. I never miss it. I watch it every day. And right now, when I say now, I mean last three months. General Hospital's been on fire. I think they've hasn't done, it. From, oh yeah. my god. They they just you know, and I've told. Um, Nancy Lee Gran uh, uh, in tweets uh, that, and she's responded to me as such, that I thought she was just amazing. You know, just uh, in, in a couple of those scenes, they're just simply amazing. And Dominic Zamprania as well too with Sonny, uh, with uh, Maurice, uh, fantastic. These are the moments that soap fans wait for. You know, uh, Jonathan Jackson. And I, I talked about this last year, I, you know, before he was even going to come back. And, and I love Greg Vaughn, and he's, he's a great guy, uh, and he's a very good, solid actor, and he's doing just fine. So nobody worry about Greg. But Jonathan Jackson has that element to him uh, that really created what Lucky was all about. And he and Tony Geary have got that synergy and that dynamic that just can't be matched. And you saw it, and I said, yeah. if you see it come, that's that's why we had Nathan Parsons. You know, Nathan Parsons was brought in so Tony Geary would have that Jonathan Jackson, you know, dynamic. And fortunately, Nathan actually I think delivered on that as well too, because he's he's actually keeping you know his gig, and you know, more power to him because I think he and Tony also have a great synergy too. But Jonathan Jackson. Phenomenal guy, and that scene he had with uh, uh, with Tyler and with Becky, uh, where he just basically you know, <laughs> drilled her a new one. Oh, uh, man, I great. thought that was amazing, and and I got to tell you, as a whole, and this is why I respect soaps and the soap actors. You know, being a theater guy as well too, and and you know, watching being a part of the soaps for years. Uh, th- this is 
you can't do better than this. I mean, this that's the toughest job out there. I mean, as far as an actor is concerned, at least with a play, you're memorizing, you know, one play that you'll be doing for six weeks, maybe six months, who knows. And you have so many pages, and you do it every night the same, the same. Maybe you change it up, but it's the same words. If you're doing a television series, you know, weekly, well, you maybe you get five, ten pages per week, you know. And then you get cuts and recuts, and you do pieces, maybe you just deliver a line here or there. If you're doing a movie, you're sitting in your trailer playing Parcheesi most of the time because you're waiting for the lighting guy to adjust something, and then you come out and do two lines and you go back in. But on soaps, you're doing a one-act play every day, with very little rehearsal time, if any. It's probably, I think it's mostly camera blocking if they do anything now. And it's just, all right, ready? Let's do it. Yeah, it's almost like doing the live television uh, when they were doing it back in the 60s and 50s with, with the soaps. So, and for them to be as consistent and as brilliant as they are in the, in the examples I've just cited, that to me is simply amazing. So General Hospital is excellent. One Life to Live, I think, uh, right now is one of my favorites to watch, and I know there's controversy with the whole Kish thing, but but you know I got to look at the show as a whole, and I, it's very hard to find what I call weak spots, you know, or filler stories. And I think consistently over the past eight months, One Life to Live has served every story well and has given it the proper balance. Where you know the veterans have a great story and it's there. You know the the new kids have young kids. I mean, have a story and it's there. One doesn't eclipse the other. Each has its own important value to it. And I enjoyed it, even when it got a little crazy, the whole blood thing going back and forth. I enjoyed it because the the actors sold it for me. I thought they were great. And when you have great characters, number one, and great actors to deliver those characters, and a great story arc to put them in. How can you miss? So you have a guy, you know, like, um, oh, shit, um, one of my favorite actors. Uh, he just was uh, Skyler on uh, One Life to Live. Scott, Scott, Scott Clifton, yeah. The guy was simply amazing. And, uh, and yeah, obviously the, the, his character came to an end, so things changed abruptly in, in the last few days there. But to his credit as an actor, he sold that temporary insanity type of thing very, very well. And I believed it. I believed it. Even though it may have been a little contrived for some fans, it's like, okay, we've got to find a way to get this character off the show, so let's make him Mitch's son and make him crazy, and then we'll get him off. But he sold it, and that's what a brilliant actor does. And One Life to Live is filled with him. Young and the Restless, uh, again, rarely hit and miss. I know right now that I'm seeing a lot out there with people saying, ah, you know, it kind of sucks because they're doing double doppelgangers and all this other stuff. And that's, 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 a, little, that's a little hard to take. I've got to tell you. Um, you know, I like the whole strangers on a train thing, but, you know, the double doppelganger is, I mean, how dense are these people not to recognize that these are not the people they loved and knew and so forth? I mean, you, you got, you're kind of stretching the believability a little bit. At least, <laughs> at least last year with Emily Patty thing, you know, you didn't see Patty for years, so you didn't know, you know, you and nobody know. knew who Emily yeah. was. But Lauren, you know, has been around for, you know, 20 years. So when somebody else just has a little bit of plastic surgery, I mean, again, you got to go through, you know, you got to extend your belief here a little bit. I mean, look you at know. her face. She, like, had all this makeup on and, like, all this lipstick. Like, she was getting ready to shoot a Maybelline commercial. How could you not tell that that wasn't the real line? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, you have to uh, suspend some belief, you know, at times. 
So that's that's my point. Is that you know you, you can you can play that route only so much before you know it becomes a little ridiculous at some point. So that's my only draw. It's my only complaint about the Young and the Russes. Outside of that, fantastic actors, fantastic characters, great storytelling, great score. They, nobody does a better score than the Young and the Restless, especially if you watch the last five to ten minutes of the show. They get you, and uh, it's, I think it's terrific. So I, I applaud everybody on that show, and i got a lot of buddies on that show, as you know, but, um, mm-hmm. but I, think, I think they're terrific. Michael Mooney, and I told him, I, I said, you know, you played a really a thankless character. Playing Adam Wilson, Adam Newman, whatever, is like playing Hitler, because as a as an actor, you got to find something about the character you believe in and you like. Because if you don't, you can't play the truth. You can't play Snidely Whiplash because it doesn't come across as true. That's a, that's a cartoon and it's a caricature. When you play a real character, you have to play a character as if he's right and if what he's doing is absolutely essential and he's doing the right thing. Now, the way that it is executed and the way it's responded by other people could be something completely different, just in the days of the Nazis or uh, the dictators of the world and so forth, uh, you know, because in their minds they thought they were saving their countries or saving their whatever, when in fact they were doing just the opposite, but not in their minds. And that's what I told Michael, that that was what he did brilliantly with Adam is that Adam created destruction everywhere he went, and he was regarded as evil. But in Adam's mind, when he was doing this character, he felt he was doing the right thing. He was saving Sharon. He was saving himself. He was saving the family. Whatever it was, he felt he was doing the right thing. And yeah. that's, that's the brilliance of an actor. So, and, and Michael, I thought, stepping into a role that with another actor who was just finding his way into it, I thought, and doing a great job, uh, came into it and made it even greater. So so that's it. And, uh, yeah, Days of Our Lives, uh, I thought, is doing great. I've been having trouble with it in the last few months because it's the whole baby thing going back and forth is just kind of, uh, it's, it's done for me. I'd like to see yeah, something Yeah, a lot happen. of people felt that way about it. But what do you, what do you think about that whole Hope is a Mugger storyline going on right now? Hope I don't know what the hell that's all about. You know, <laughs> here's here's the thing, you know, Christian Alfonso's got to sell it. So as long as she sells it, it, it will be great. And as long as the, it's written, again, it all comes down to character, story, and execution. And the execution is all all on the actor's shoulders. The story is all on the writer's shoulders. And the character is on both. So as long as those three things are there, it'll it'll do fine. If it's not, if any one of those three don't exist, it will fail. It's, but so it's too soon for me to tell. What do you think? You know, I said it's great that she has a story while Peter Reckle is off the screen right now, um, and I think it, that's tough for me to say because. I got to see more of it to see exactly if she will sell the storyline. And I will say she plays it at an angle as to where she was like Princess Gina. Mm-hmm. Then I'll believe it. Absolutely. Then I'll believe it. But we'll have to see um, more. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's it was just revealed like yeah, last week that she exactly. Yeah, it's it's a new thing. So I, again. You know, it's this is this is where the three elements have to come together. So you know, uh, Christian's really got to 
really got to sell it. You got to sell it. Uh, well and beautiful, I've been uh, been checking out, especially with uh, the death of Beth Logan yeah. in, in the pool, which I felt was a little bit convoluted. Uh, I really would not have written it in such a way where she just drowned in the pool because she had Alzheimer's and forgot how to swim. That was a little bit too extreme for me. Um, I understand what you're saying there. I am... Uh, the Bold and the Beautiful is an interesting show, and I think uh, it's interesting because it's a half-hour show. It really reflects more of a telenovela uh, mm-hmm. aspect than maybe some of the others. Uh, they, you know, they have to build uh, character and uh, and within a plot as well, and, and things in a shorter amount of time. And they have really a, a kind of a bloated cast, in my opinion. So I, I don't know how they use. Actually, I don't think they can use half the people uh, as effectively as as I think they can. I don't know. I mean, it's you know, you don't see Whip all that often. Even Sarah Brown hasn't really been on that much. And uh, but you know, still I, I applaud them because uh, there's a sense of fun about that show, even in tragedy. You know, even now, you know, they're at Beth's funeral. You got Bill Spencer, you know, trying to find a way to get Donna to get that company. And there's, how how can you not smile a little bit when you see that happen? And that's at a funeral of all places. So there is that sense of of big. um, How do we explain? I was, we were talking about this last year too. I know. There's just this this sense of um, campiness about it that works. And uh, I like it. And everybody, I think, on that show understands the style of that show, and they deliver. And I think that's why the show won Best Show last year, and that's why the show is the number one soap in the world. In the world. In the world. And you know what? It is well-deserved because they found their niche that nobody else can do. Nobody else is like the bold and the beautiful. Nobody. I so agree with that. I, my hat's off to them. Look, you know, all of these soaps, they're all hit and miss. You know, I, I, I read, believe me, I read everything. I listen to you guys, and I'm, I'm really very much, a, I'm like a phantom. You know, I kind of weave in and out, and you don't know I'm there. But I, I absorb all of this because I want to know what everybody thinks, and I want to know, I want to gauge the temperature of the situation. And the fact of the matter is, is that every soap has got its ebb and flow. It's got its highs and lows. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago where everybody was thinking General Hospital sucked because of this and that and hated Sarah Brown's Claudia because she had no, you know, character really. She was just playing sort of a uh, – she, she came across as more of an evil villain, you know. It wasn't fully fleshed out. I mean, those were the things I was reading. And then all of a sudden, General Hospital is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, for months I've been seeing Young and the Restless, great, great, great. All of a sudden, it's the worst thing that ever happened. You know, how can this thing happen? You know, terrible, terrible show. Same thing with One Life to Live. All of a sudden, it was the it was everybody's favorite until, you know, this whole thing with Kish. Mm-hmm. And now it's like everybody is coming down hard on it and, and criticizing the show. And so I look at that and I go, you kind of look at the oh, the whole of it. And do they generally as a whole deliver and succeed and the shows that are on the top the ones that i mentioned in particular i think do it the best and uh, every one of these shows has their high moments where they're great they're absolutely great and nobody can touch them just like any baseball or football team you know nobody's number one you know you know 
obviously Young and the Restless is number one forever. But I mean, in a given moment, nobody is can keep that exalted position of great storytelling ongoing all the time because you got to somehow end it and get on with something else. And once you get off of a story into another story, you have a lull. And the most successful soaps try to, to make that flow a little bit more even. I think One Life to Live is probably the best at doing that. Um, and some, you know, come to complete ends and then try to rebuild again. And that's that's when they lose their momentum. But that's just that's just natural. That's just the way it is. It's it's up and down, just like the real estate market or football teams or the stock market. It's high, it's low, it's high, it's low, it's high, it's low. But I love them, and um, they'll be around for years, so nobody has to worry about that. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite actress on the soaps right now? My favorite actress. Yeah, actress. I'll, tell, well, I'll ask you actor too. But I want to. Who's your favorite actress? Actress. Oh yeah. goodness. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually told this to somebody last night too, and it makes me completely forget about this character's uh, way so much. She just, she just, she just sinks me right in. Stacy Hyduke. Oh, I'm sorry. Who? Stacy Hyduke. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, she's phenomenal. She I think just, she's absolutely phenomenal. She just like sinks me right into whatever it is that she's doing, whether she's Patty or Emily, I don't really care. She's I'm just there's something just about her, her way of her way of acting, her presence just draws me in and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Why why would you be ashamed to admit that? I mean she's she's doing a, a very, very tough, tough role. And uh, you know, it's it's a role that can be on the on the verge of being a caricature if if you take it one step too far. And that's why I say the brilliant actors can take those characters and make them seem real. And that's what she does. And she does a great job at playing both of them. And, uh, yeah, she's exciting. Every time you watch her on screen. Now, what about actor? Who's your favorite actor? My favorite actor on screen? Um, that's, that's tough. There, there's, there's quite a few. Um, at the time when he was still on the show, uh, Michael Muni was. Yeah. Michael Muni was my favorite actor because he was just, he was able to sell it. I even told it to him in, in passing, you know, coming in right after Chris Engen, who was finally starting to settle in the role, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. He finally found his niche in the part, and um, he just up and quit. And him coming into that role right fresh, fresh on the scene, I honestly did not think he was going to be able to pull it off. But he was able to play the role in such a way where you felt sympathetic to Adam, like you you wanted to hate him, but you can't hate him. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the, that's the brilliance again of the actor, is that you know he can he can make a character uh, somebody that you hate, but not so hateable that you don't want to see him again. That's a very again very difficult, and Stacy does the same thing. Very difficult line to walk. It's a tightrope because if you go one way or the other, you're falling. So you have to walk it very carefully, where you play the truth of the character, but you know you want to do it in a way where you know you're not playing, you know you're you're not playing the idea of the character. Uh, you got to play the truth and the motivation and you know the emotion of it, and that's what they do successfully, and that's what makes you want to see them over and over again do these bad things because you enjoy watching them get to that point and how they get there and how they're going to get out of it. 
So that's great. Yeah, I think I think Michael Mooney is one of my favorites as well. Maurice Bernard always sells it for me. Uh, you know, when he brings it home, he brings it home. Yeah, agreed. Um, and just uh, amazing. Um, crap, I, I'm blanking on his name. Mitch Lawrence. Um, what was his name? Born. Roscoe Bourne. I love Roscoe Bourne. Now, Roscoe had a very difficult role to play, too. And, yeah, he probably chewed the scenery a little bit, but that's, I think, that's what made everybody else on the show crazy, and that's what I loved about it because everybody else was playing it very serious, and he was just going, let's just have fun. And I love that about him, and I thought he was great. I'd love to see more. You know, I, I miss the Sebastian Roche guys, you know. I miss mm-hmm. the Anders Hove, you know. Give me, give me phase on. Where's phase on? Um, uh, God, I can't. Um, Helena. See, I'm blanking on names right now. <laughs> Constance Town. Constance Town. Yeah, uh, she's great too because she plays it with the same like Roscoe Bourne, with that same sense of glee. Like, yeah, I'm about ready to destroy. You. Isn't that fun? You know, I'm tearing your life apart and I'm enjoying every minute of it. That's great, and that's what those. Uh, those characters do well, where you get a, they're like a little bit of pepper on a steak. Yeah. You know, they give you the right amount of zest and they zing you, and then they kind of go back into the shadows. So it's great. But yeah, if uh, if anybody's listening, General Hospital, Faison, I'd love to see him back. That guy was the best villain ever. I love Faison. I, I, oh. I never got into him until he came back in. Around, it was around 2000, I think. So I really never got to see his earlier stuff back in the in the early 90s but thanks to the wonderfulness of youtube i was able to check him out i was like wow, well there's yeah there's unfinished is- business with that character because you know the whole blowing up anna and robert back in 91 or 92 i remember, you know, I remember I think watching another that, great yeah. storyline with you know with robert and anna you know crossing paths with phase on somehow or phase on makes his way back through the cassette i mean something but you know what do i know <laughs> uh, I'm just, I'm just a, I'm just a jerk that watches TV like everybody. Like everybody else, <laughs> I, I thought I, I felt like Stavros Kasdan was a, a really great villain, not the yeah. Robert Kelly version. No, no, no. I, I remember, I remember. Yeah, I was watching a bunch of those, and I was just watching that because I had lunch with John Riley, and uh, we were talking about the good old days with he and Sharon White and the wedding with Sean and Tiffany, which was very funny. And there was one scene where, as they're walking down the aisle, where uh, uh, Tiffany steps on Sean's foot as they're walking down, and Sean screams. That actually happened. Yeah, Tiffany, you know, Sharon had that heel and jammed it into into John's foot, and it actually cut his foot badly. He was bleeding all over. So that scream was absolutely real, but he, they didn't stop. They just wanted it. It just made it <laughs> that much more uh, that much funnier. But as I was looking at that, I was looking at some of the older um, clips with uh, Tony Cassadine um, and uh, just saying, well, man, what great days those were. And love to see the Cassadines come back. You know, Maybe Valentine, maybe, maybe they'll build back into this guy again. We'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, so so things are good. Uh, the soaps are good. I know it's a shame we're losing as the world turns. I wish we weren't. But, you know, cherish the soaps you have, people. Yeah. And, and you support the ones you have. And if you do, it will reflect uh, positively. Eventually, they will all go away. It's just, you know, we don't have a lot of shows anymore. You know, we don't have your show of shows or Queen for a Day or, you know, 
the name that tune or what's my line. We don't have any of those shows because they they serve their purpose. They've served their time and they've moved on. And television moves on and audiences move on and viewing habits move on and opportunities right. to view television change. So those shows may go away from broadcast television. Ideally, I would love for them to go to cable television. I think that would be the next move. And then, of course, to the Internet, where all things will merge at some point. There is a way. Hopefully somebody smart enough will realize that the soap audience is a devout audience. They're a huge audience. You know, if you went to Stagecoach, you saw all those soap fans out there. Anytime soap fans show up, I think even for Guiding Light, when they did the So Long Springfield Tour, fans in droves showed up. So there is a strong audience out there and a strong fan base that deserves to be heard and recognized and you know if it's all about the bottom line or money there there's your money find a way keep those you, keep their shows in some way have you uh did you check out we love soaps today they had posted something about uh or actually i think it was yesterday i'm not entirely sure i think it was either yesterday or today they had posted about there were several guiding light cast members that are coming together to form their own production company no, I didn't see that. That's great. Yeah, I read. So what are they going to do? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of what it was going to be. Like no, I mean, nine. what's the purpose? Are they doing it just to do projects? Are they doing it for a guiding light type of thing, or a dramatic thing, or what? Um, I really didn't get to look at the whole article from the synopsis of what Roger and Damon had posted. It looks like they're coming to form it together to do some other, um, do some outline projects so it's it, i can't remember the name i think it's like nine by one productions i'd have to take a look at it again and some of the people that are going to be involved are grant alexander beth chamberlain uh tina sloan justin d to name a few michael valeri wow yeah. well there you go that's uh, that's great news i'd love to hear that you know anytime actors act and actors work i'm feeling good yeah I was I was very pleased to hear that. So at least that they're um, they're coming back and at least coming back swinging. So that's really good. So just because they're down and out by cancellation doesn't mean they're down and out. Period. No, no, no. Absolutely. I mean, they're all they're all wonderful actors, and and wonderful actors will always act, and they'll find a way to or a place or a venue or an outlet to display their art. And uh, I am very supportive of that. That's why I try to do more things with them if I can. You know, I try to find yeah. other avenues, and I've got another one, but I can't talk about it yet. But you know, there's other things I'm working on with some other veteran soap actors right now. So I'm I'm hoping that that will come to fruition soon. So I'm all for it. I, you know, it's uh, I love it. I love the the genre. I love the business. I love the soaps, and uh, it's a very it's a very magical place for a lot of people. Well, I honestly have to say that I'm looking forward to June 27th this year at the Vegas Hilton for the 37th Day Emmy Awards. It's going to be on CBS. I'm very, very happy that this all worked out for everybody that was involved. Something that I, I was uh, very pleased to read about. So I, we appreciate everything that you have done and David McKenzie to bring this forward. And thank and I thank you very much. Uh, by the way, David McKenzie, uh, and I want everybody who's listening to to understand that if there's one person here that really deserves the thanks, and that that's David McKenzie. Without David McKenzie, none of this. And I'm talking from last year all the way through CBS. 
none of this would have happened because it was all through his generosity and his insight and his faith in this and his faith in me to help him do this that made it all worthwhile. Myself alone, I'm nobody. I'm nothing. David McKenzie, no, I'm serious. I mean, if it was just me putting this together without David's help, I couldn't have done it. But David is the one that gave me the latitude to go out and bring things into him, and then he is the one that took the reins and made sure that it happened just the way it happened. So he is the guy. I want everybody to understand that. Well, thank you very much for saying that to us. Thank and, you. Uh, I appreciate thank, it. appreciate you allowing you. me to. I appreciate you stopping by the show again. It was great having you, and uh, we'll definitely be looking for you on the 27th, okay? Well, I'm looking forward to it as well too. I hope to see uh I hope to see everybody uh, you know, supporting us and supporting the show. Uh because if you're supporting the show, again for me the ratings don't matter. I don't give a shit about the ratings for the show, but I want fans to watch because it's important for them to watch for their own soaps. That's all. Right. That's all that matters right now and I am doing this for them it's very prestigious for me to do this don't get me wrong you know I, there is a there is a sort of satisfaction satisfaction you know and pride in doing this for me and for ATI so we it's a very prestigious thing to do but we're doing it also for you and for the fans and uh, if this is the last one don't miss it because it's going to be a good one absolutely Absolutely, I'm sure we're gonna. We're I'm probably we're gonna talk soon, but uh, definitely we got to have you back on here again, no doubt. Yeah, bring me on any time. I'd love to chat. Absolutely, Jim Romanovich, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. All right, that was our second show of the day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we just spoke with Jim Romanovich here and talked about the 37th annual Daytime Emmy Awards, which are set to air on June 27, 2010, at 9. PM only on CBS. So make sure you guys check that out. And earlier this afternoon, or earlier this morning, I should say, uh, we spoke with Ricky Paul Golden yet again. This is his second visit to the show. And we talked more about his new show that's set to air on TLC May 2nd at 8 p.m. It's called Seeing Versus Believing. So make sure you guys check that out. You can visit the website at www.seeingversusbelieving.com. And you, if you did miss the show with him this morning, as well as this current show that we have on right now that we just did with Jim Romanovich, you can always download our podcast on this website at blogsradio.com slash buzzworthyradio. You can, either, you can also go on iTunes. Our shows are on there, so you can download them from that from iTunes as well. You can download our shows at www.buzzworthyradio.net. And if you also want a chance to talk to Ricky again, you can listen to him tonight on Stardust Radio at 10 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you guys tune in for that as well. But for now, I'm signing off. I'm Nizel J. Lee, making sure you guys get the latest buzz with Buzzworthy. See you guys next time. Take care.